Welcome to the Davos in the Desert podcast series. My name is Mark Oliver and I am the producer of the Davos in the Desert podcast series. Our podcasts feature thought leaders in business and public policy. Our sessions are meant to be informative and thought-provoking. The topic of this session is, The Climate Change Lie, and our guest is James Gorey. James R. Gorey is an author, speaker, political consultant, filmmaker, marketer and expert on the geopolitics of China. He is the author of The China Crisis, How China's Economic Collapse Will Lead to a Global Depression. Without further ado, here is David Wanatik, the CEO of Davos in the Desert and the host of our podcast series. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining Davos in the Desert. My name is David Wanatik. I'm the CEO of Davos in the Desert. Today's session is going to focus on the cl climate change lie. Uh, speaking about the climate change lie, I'm very pleased to introduce James Gorey. Uh, James Gorey is an author, speaker, political consultant, award-winning filmmaker, marketer, and expert on the geopolitics of China. To that end, he's the author of The China Crisis, How China's Economic Collapse Will Lead to a Global Depression. Uh, James is a prolific writer. He writes for the Epoch Times, Zero Hedge, Seeking Alpha, Real Clear Politics, and he blogs on the Banana Republican. James, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure, David. Thanks for having me. So why, you know, we're, we're basically told that if we don't believe in uh, climate change, we're deniers, almost like Holocaust deniers, I suppose the association is. So um, why, why are you skeptical about uh, climate change? Well, I'm skeptical because the science is skeptical. Um, you know, it's, it's and your, your initial intro there in terms of how the climate change and cl the climate science is being presented is 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 it's is an institutionalized idea right it's not just simply a bunch of guys getting together scientists guys and gals getting together saying oh this is happening it's actually institutionalized and is the is the is the official narrative that you must uh, uh comply with and agree with and um it's as if the government has never lied to us about you know any involvement any kind of major policy right so um it's really important to understand that the science isn't settled even that phrase you know the science is settled that that's not a scientific phrase that's a dogmatic phrase that's a religious phrase so climate science you know does climate change occur absolutely it occurs you know a few thousand years ago whoever it was ten thousand years ago we were in a in an ice age and then we had the the uh the warm period in rome and then we had the the cooling period in, in the middle of the first uh, millennia and then uh, ad and then we had the the medieval warm period, and then we had a mini ice age in the 1700s, um, 1600s, 1700s. So uh, the climate is changing all the time, and it's it's it, it rises, it falls. But so the lie is that there is some kind of qualitative difference this time that is anthropological in in its in its cause. It's caused by mankind, and that's simply just not demonstrable. It's not showable. Right. So uh, you made an interesting comment that. Um... Uh, saying that the science has been uh, determined is not scientific. Um, you know, my understanding is uh, the way science is supposed to work is somebody comes up with a theory and uh, that theory is open to challenge. And if the challenges can't disprove the theory, then the theory stands. But you still uh, open up the theory for others to disprove it. You don't try to shut down debate uh, and discourage or forbid others from disproving a theory 
That's correct. And it, furthermore, it has to be demonstrable uh, and repeatable and have a predictive quality to it. So the, the, the fulcrum on which the climate argument, the climate change uh, argument is made is, is CO2 levels in the atmosphere. Uh, now, the science there is, 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 is not settled whatsoever, not, neither from a correlative standpoint nor, nor a causative standpoint. Uh, Patrick Moore, the, one of the original founders of Greenpeace and the only scientist in Greenpeace at the time who when he founded it, and uh, he, he's, he, he's made a huge effort, continuous effort to demonstrate scientifically that the causality of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere um, and uh, its relationship to heat in the atmosphere is just not there. It just isn't there. Yeah. It's it's all over the map. Sometimes it's high and the temperatures are low. Sometimes it's low and the temperatures are high. Sometimes it's high and the temperatures are high. But there's no demonstrable causality uh, between CO2 levels and, and heat. Um, it's much more uh, it, it's much more plausible that uh, the heating of of the Earth, the changes have to do with uh, our our relative position to the sun and the relative intensity of the sun. And right. that's that's a that's a posture. That's a you know, that's a, pos a possible explanation, but it, even that's not settled. But it makes a lot more sense that, you know, CO2, which is 0.04% of the atmosphere, could have such a, 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 an outstanding and outsized impact um, on the temperature. It just doesn't hold water. It doesn't, it's not, not real. Right, right. So just uh, going back to the previous point I made, uh, there's an interesting quote from Michael Crichton, the author, and who was also a, a fine scientist in his day. Mm -hmm. He said, the, uh, consensus is the business of politics. If it's consensus, it isn't science. If it's science, it isn't consensus, period. Um, and so that's an interesting quote. And you know, to follow up on your last comments about human involvement in any potential climate change, uh, Stephen Koonin, uh, who was the former Undersecretary of Science uh, at the U.S. Department of Energy under the Obama administration, said human influences currently amount to only 1% of the energy that flows through the climate system. Uh, and then he points many other things that uh, we have no control over, such as the positioning of the clouds, uh, volcanic uh, activity, um, things like that. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's an interesting point. And where is he now? I, I I haven't heard him weigh in on this in since the Obama administration. So where is he now? He he probably couldn't get a microphone. If you <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, there there are some signs of hope. I saw uh, something uh, just this morning, and uh, uh, I'll just you know quote a couple of things. Uh, mm -hmm. Dr. John Clauser. Uh, who is the co-winner of the 2022 Nobel Physics Prize and one of the world's leading authorities on quantum mechanics and, and other sciences, uh, has launched a massive attack on the climate emergency scare. Uh, he called it a dangerous corruption of science that threatens the world's economy and the well-being of billions of people. Uh, Dr. Clauser has asserted that misguided climate science has metastasized into massive shock journalistic uh, pseudoscience. Um, and, there, and there's other uh, very well-known scientists that have, are, are starting to come out. There's 48 uh, very fine scientists in Italy that have uh, joined together and um, you know take a different position on so-called climate change. That is, David, that is great news. Um, on, and, and I don't want to uh, you know, undersell that at all, but or 
under, undercut at all. But the reality is, is that there have been scientists coming out challenging climate uh, change uh, narrative for 15 years uh, and signing letters and you know Nobel Prize winners and so forth. So I don't want to say it's, it's a bad thing. It's a good thing. But what's really critical is the last part of that statement that, that this climate, these climate policies are literally going to change the world and, and impact negatively uh, billions of people and in, in how we are able to live, what we're able to do, where we're able to drive, what we're able to eat. Um, and it's, you know, the irony is that climate is supposed to be, climate change is supposed to be the most threatening factor to our to human species and to human life on earth when actually it's the reaction it's the policies that are put in place by the politicians and and our so-called leaders that are threatening our way of life they're threatening our ability to feed ourselves i mean we look at what they're doing in holland uh the farmers the dutch farmers are, are probably the best most efficient of farmers in the world and the dutch government is throwing uh, is just putting them up, throwing them out of work, taking, confiscating their farms and say, well, um, animal flatulence and uh, other, other farming activities are, are driving, uh, are threatening uh, the climate, uh, accelerating climate change and CO2 levels, which is, which is utterly ludicrous. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't bear repeating except the fact that just show how absurd um, and how unfounded these policies are. Meanwhile, um, the price of food is going up. The price of, you know, we're having scarcity and inflation. So this is causing, is driving, that's just one little example, but it's driving scarcity and inflation at the same time and putting people out of work. Right. So, um, yeah, I think we can get back to the, um, the maybe the mendacious policies behind uh, climate change uh, in, in a few minutes. Um, mm -hmm. Just to the earlier point you made, sort of about uh, people being discouraged from differing from the climate change narrative you know one data point on that is google has uh, said that it will demonetize ads or it won't post ads next to narrative that challenges climate change theory or that says that uh, climate change is not a function of human activity so if we had if we were to present a transcript like this and put it on youtube they would not allow us to monetize it um and then you have some real crazy theories like um supposedly one of the causes of climate changes is racism um i i don't understand the logic of it. i'm not a scientist I, you know do you have an explanation for how potentially racism could could be causing climate change um I, I, not off the top of my head um but just if i if i just riff here for a moment if it's if it's uh the western economies that are creating uh most of the co2 in the industrialized economies, then they could say, well, most of the Western economies are Caucasian. Not all of them by any means, but, but the vast majority are. Uh, Japan and Korea being exceptions and so forth, um, and China being the exception. Um, so, you know, it, it's interesting, Dave, that China is left out of this, but in terms of actually putting a racial tone to it, it looks like they're, they're trying to create a, a, a confluence of narratives climate change, racism, uh, vaccination status, deny, and you know, science, all these things are kind of confluent, uh, driving towards uh, specific policies of wealth redistribution, of confiscatory policies towards land, towards property, changing our behavior, 
um, and towards and how we eat. I mean, again, Bill Gates is another example. He wants people to eat bugs. Now, why is it that Bill Gates is a computer guy? He's a, he's a vaccination pusher, and now he's creating uh, meat and buying creating false meat and wants us to eat bugs and buying all the farmland, lots of farmland. I mean, there's you know, there's too many. It's kind of step back a little bit. There's too many things going on in, in the hands of too few people. And um, racism is just another moral. It, it's it's it's. I can suppose it would be trying to add a moral uh, uh, patina to the, the vast immorality of these policies. That's, that's, that's a, a guess, but uh, because otherwise, you know, China, Pakistan, Russia, uh, India, they're some of the biggest polluters in the world. Right, right. Right, so, uh, and, and, and um, the worst humanitarian people in the world, especially uh, China, um, you know, they're enslaving millions of people. Um, places in Africa, India has horrible labor policies um, and, and CO2 policies, and they're not discussed. They're not discussed. They're not mentioned. Yeah, if there was real concern that humans are causing uh, most of the so-called climate change, then uh, you would definitely want to include the countries that are most accountable. There should, you know, should be held most accountable for that. So um, that's that's interesting. You know, um, well, I think we're bringing out a lot of good information. Another point I wanted to bring up is the uh, duplicity of the proponents of uh, climate change. In Al Gore's book, which was called An Inconvenient Truth, he specifically said, we, we need to lie. We need to exaggerate uh, and, and lie about the... Um, the, the scope and the and the danger of so-called climate change to get people to react. Um, uh, that was said just today or yesterday, the Spanish um, environmental or climate minister went to a climate conference. He flew in a private plane, took a limousine to within 100 yards of the door of the conference, and then 100 yards away, he rode a bicycle. Um, everybody, you know, the, these people, including John Kerry, they want every one of us, every company of every size to monitor their uh, monitor and disclose and minimize their carbon footprint, except for when they fly to these conventions on their private jets, they won't disclose that and there have been a FOIA requests to mm -hmm. to get the carbon footprint from john Kerry's plane but that's been denied in some cases you can't you can't get that so um anyway that's that's kind of an interesting thing kind of a funny rhetorical question for you um supposedly if uh if uh, these white uh males um racists are are responsible for climate change if these white racist males were to identify as black women would that mean there's less would that bring a less climate change you know <laughs> the the again the, it, it's pretty humorous uh, um no it wouldn't but um that wouldn't bring about that, that wouldn't halt climate change uh, because it your your initial point about al gore saying we need to lie um, and that is, it's, it's no coincidence that I, you know, the part of my article, the, the title is, is The Big Lie. Um, the truth doesn't need lies. Lies need lies. And lies need continuous lies. And the truth doesn't need compulsion um, in, in large measure. Okay. Um, and, and, and typically, if you look at the, um, look at the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is, yeah, Al Gore is a liar. Inconvenient truth is a lie. Climate change is a lie. 
the, the, the science behind climate change is a lie. It's constructed of arbitrary tautological models that uh, deliver the exact uh, outcomes that they need to perpetuate the lie. And when they don't, they, they just fudge the data. Uh, I would reference that East Anglia University uh, as one example of that. So, uh, and, and the thing is though, is that you're right, it's become a, you know, we have an agitprop propaganda kind of arm that used to be the media. Now it's just a, a moralist, moralizing, propagandizing and uh, alienating force that seeks to eliminate any discussion, any uh, pushback, any clarifying intelligent uh, inquiry into the nature of, of the science and the scientists and the policies. None of that happens at the media level. It's all about science deniers, climate deniers. Okay, so it's a very much of a Soviet Stalinist Maoist type of, of, of organization now. And, and it's 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 widespread, it's deep, it's wide, and it's it's uh, consistent. And it has the truth has nothing to do with what they do. So um, you know, the the point I made with with racism and men causing this, it sounds funny, but um, there was actually a a study done, there's a was a professor at Portland State University, uh, Peter Bokosian. He um, wrote a paper, and his thesis in the paper was that penises are the reason there's climate change. He published it, and he got it peer-reviewed. Uh, it was peer-reviewed in that past peer review, and that was one of these uh, so-called scholarly papers that are being cited. Um, Unbelievable. So, Unbelievable. Yeah. I just, yeah. Is, you can say anything as long as you blame it on climate change and uh, it's and white accepted guys. as truth. Yeah. And, and, and white guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it sounds funny. Um, um, okay. Uh, what else did I want to say? Um, we can talk about the mendacity of the, you know, what's behind all this uh, climate change in, in a minute. Um but I wanted to talk about uh, something else. Um, I, I guess the control, well, I guess if you wanted to have a perfect scam, um, you know, if, if we were thinking of ways to scam uh, as many people, many governments as we could, we would think of something that the history can't be proven. You know, the history can't be proven uh, going back hundreds of years. Um, the models that these um, climate change enthusiast uh, site, they're not consistent even looking backwards. Uh, they produce different results when they back test them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can't really measure the climate going backwards. You can't measure it going forwards. If you wanted to have a, a scam, you would make a prediction that will um, arise after you retire. So politicians can run around saying in 10, 20 years, you know, we're all going to die because of climate change. Well, they make, they get a lot of media attention. Their theories can't be disproven. There's always something that can be cited as evidence of proof that your theory is correct. There's always going to be a flood or a tornado or rain or heat or, or something. Um, and you get more media attention. And, um, Governments around the world are investing must be trillions of dollars in clean energy. And if you have 
anything to do with clean energy, batteries, electric vehicles, um, whatever product you make, making it less uh, carbon intense, of course, you're going to subscribe to this climate change theory. So you get some of those trillions of dollars. That's true. And I would say that um, a couple things on that. So in order to kind of cajole and appeal uh, to uh, mass uh, support and belief, you, you hit the nail on the head there. It's got to be something you can't, it's not verifiable. Um, but there's another aspect to that. The appeal is towards the human natures, our human nature of wanting to be big, uh, part of something bigger than ourselves. And uh, the, the, the intellectual contagion of climatology and climate science has infected uh, the church, uh, religious uh, orthodoxies, um, perhaps not Islam so much, perhaps not, but certainly the Christianized West, what's left of it, has been uh, uh, poisoned by the idea of climate, climate science, science and climatology and climate change and, and other, other movements like the transgender movement and so forth. But um, this is a new paganism. It's a neo-paganism. Um, you know, we got to take care of our mother earth. And that's part of it that people kind of, maybe they don't disavow, but they don't, it's not the main source of it, but it is actually a very religious, uh, has a very religious flavor to it and appeal to it because it's tangible. Unlike, unlike uh, religions that deal with spirit and uh, redemption uh, that uh, rely on, on a faith, uh, climate, the climate movement rely is puts puts the power in our hands, as it were, right? And so it empowers human beings with a tangible, visible, material outcome of saving the earth, saving the planet. And you know, I the the media and the the entertainment world has done that many times in terms of you know saving who's going to save the planet this week? Is it going to be Iron Man? Is it going to be the Avenger? You know, Thor? Who, who's going to be? So the the, the theme of saving the planet, which is very tangible, the climate very tangible. As you point out, you can see a tornado, a massive hurricane. It gets all the publicity, and not that it doesn't deserve it, but uh, it, the 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 lens through which it's viewed is one of this is a result of our. We need to redeem ourselves, and this is a way you can be moral, and still um, and still have sex with animals or or whatever other creature you think is right. Um, you see, what I'm saying it's it's a pagan. It's a it's a it's an ancient pagan kind of urge that I think is being fulfilled here um, at at some level where people feel good about what they're doing at the same time have no no very little moral uh, responsibility for what they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of the people, almost none of the people that report on uh, so-called climate change have any backgrounds, any academic backgrounds in meteorology or environmental sciences or whatever you know they 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 just don't have that background these papers that are written they're very difficult to read you know almost no layman can read these papers they're very very difficult so they just look at the the title and they already have you know a, an idea for what they're going to call their article and of course you know you have to have clickbait and make your article titillating and you know and and if it bleeds it it leads um you know, so uh, scaring people is a good tactic to get people to click on uh, articles. Uh, so that uh, that 
And as you point out, if you can if you can incorporate race, the the race narrative in it, so much the better. If you can incorporate the transgender movement in it, so much the better. If you can incorporate clean energy, which itself is a is a is an oxymoron to some extent. I mean, if you look at um, if you look at what what it takes to mine lithium, there's there's thousands and thousands and thousands of children doing performing slave labor. You know, we're it, it toxifying the earth. We're destroying farmland. We're we're despoiling the groundwater. Um, we're ruining lives, and 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 so it's not really clean energy when you get right down to it. Um, nuclear energy is much cleaner. There's no yeah. slave labor in nuclear energy, but that had to be dis, uh, that had to be disavowed in order to enable um, the quote unquote clean energy of, of EVs, like the vehicles and so forth. In the meantime, we're not. We're just dismantling our ability to uh, create, um, you know, to generate power, electricity. We're shutting down nuclear nuclear power plants. Rivers are drying up, so hydroelectric power is becoming less. I mean, there's, yeah, the narrative is so fraught with holes. But to your point, there is no questioning it. It is a dogma. It's doctrinaire. It is a religion. And if you if you were a heretic. you're canceled. They used to burn you at the stake. Now they just cancel you and, and, and prevent you from making a living. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I don't understand how, you know, plugging in your toaster causes climate change, but plugging in your truck uh, doesn't, you know, cause climate change. Um, Good point. You know, you know, I, again, you know, thank goodness that, you know, this article I, I referenced earlier, uh, not only um, Dr. Clauser has started to come out and these 48 uh, Italian science professors have said, um, climate change is unjustifiably exaggerated and catastrophic predictions are not, uh, are not realistic. Um, and you know, there's some other professors and, and, and real scientists are coming out, uh, this other scientist, um, uh, the World Climate Declaration has been signed by around 300 climate professors and mm-hmm. declares there is no climate emergency. The lead signatory is the Nobel laureate professor Ivor Giver. Uh, climate models are said to be not remotely plausible as global policy tools. They exaggerate the effect of the greenhouse gases such as carbon dioxide, but ignore any beneficial effect the declaration states and, and so on. So there, there, there is some good news. Maybe you know we can talk about you know, are there more mendacious policies? Are are the proponents of um, climate change are they just um, just misguided and you know just ill informed and, and not considering all of the evidence? Or is there a more mendacious um, undertone to this? Are there people that want to bring about communism or socialism or want to control mm-hmm. every aspect of mm-hmm. our life and are using climate change as the uh, medium uh, to exert policies that will affect how we live every moment of every day? Absolutely. So your first question, the first part of that question was, is it uh, a bunch of liars and mendacious and ill people with, uh, with, with who wish us ill and want to do these things to harm us, uh, even though they know it's a lie? Yeah, there are those. Most people I know who believe in climate change are decent people. They just, they, they, they're concerned about the planet, okay? So at the ground level, I don't think it's a, people buy a lie, but they're not, they don't know that they're being lied to. They, they bought the lie. But to your other point, you know, the name of your group, uh, Davos in the Desert, yeah, that's, that would refer to obviously the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Um, there's a meeting this August. 
And uh, the Agenda 30 uh, uh, program, which is an SDG uh, uh, vehicle, uh, sustainable development uh, growth, um, they are accelerating the plan because there's, quote unquote, not enough sustainable development growth going on. Um, so they need to accelerate the plan. And that's going to be that acceleration, what that will be comprised of. Um, if it's or perhaps more succinctly, what will happen in this August. So yes, there is a global, the World Economic Forum, who I don't remember voting for, um, and nor, nor know there's anybody else, but these guys, uh, this group, apparently has sway over, uh, over much of the world, and in, to one degree or another. Um, but uh, the fact that they are able to say, we need to accelerate this agenda, and people are going to go there and perhaps <laughs> it looks like they're going to accelerate the program. Um, it, it does smack of, and, and has the stench of, of global control of, of people not eating meat, but bugs, of people not farming, but relying on some kind of uh, government dole, people not working, but relying on government income, people uh, not driving cars, but, but, but riding bikes. So the irony here is that uh, there's many ironies, uh, and and there's many dangers. Uh, I, I'm I'm not so sure that they're not going to be successful when you have tremendously uh, powerful oligarchs who own politicians and judges and so forth um, um, making policy, and these policies are being put forward, and no one's challenging them. I mean, in terms of no political infrastructure is challenging them, no no political leader or very few are challenging them. So I think it's yeah it's it's a very much of a of a, of a global um, effort, coordinated global effort to 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 change fundamentally transform the world, and not for the better. The irony here is that uh, China is leading that leading that push as well, um, and yet they're the most they're the biggest polluter. Okay, the biggest polluters are always the ones who want to put it on somebody else. And interestingly enough, it's the it was the Western economies. 50 years ago, who went to China, which was a, a bicycle kingdom, a backward, a backward starving bicycle kingdom, um, and, and it transformed it into the power it is today. Um, that was done uh, by the West. It wasn't done by the Chinese. If, if the Chinese could have done it, they would have done it from, 50, from 49 onward, but they didn't. So um, there is tremendous amounts of, of planning and execution, coordination, and compulsion. compulsion in um, what the WEF wants to do and what, uh, how much coordination and cooperation they're getting from our government and other governments. I think it's very real, it's very imminent, and it's very dangerous. So you've done a lot of work on China. You've written a book about uh, China. Um, you know, China definitely has an economic interest in electric vehicles. They control uh, the mining all over the world, uh, mining for lithium and cobalt and nickel and what have you. Um, and almost all the processing is done. My understanding, even if you process, even if you mine some of these um, these uh, earth materials in in Nevada, uh, a lot of it still goes to China to get processed. So you know they have a huge economic incentive to uh, cause the rest of the world to adopt to things like electric vehicles. Um, how much of this uh, climate change? Um, uh, interest is is a function of Chinese uh, involvement? Uh, certainly a lot of it is, and a lot of it is through Chinese influence. 
Um, you know, we, we know that they have in Joe Biden, they have the best president money can buy. And we know that they, they buy up land and farmland and mines in, in, in the U.S. and other places around the world, many places farming. See, China, China is, is, is toxic um, in terms of being able to produce their food. They're uh, getting to the point where they, they're going to rely on other countries, and that's only going to escalate. Um, and as far as technology is concerned, yeah, they, China just doesn't want to have the, the world having to, to buy refined products from them. They want to be, have the world um, rely on China as the intellectual, technological um, center of gravity. So they want to hollow out the U.S., Europe, um, and those places, and have uh, China be the center of innovation. Um, and and they, they, they do that by uh, buying companies, by stealing secrets, by enticing people with the Chinese market, and then stealing their designs, uh, by buying politicians to create laws, um, to, do, to have all kinds of these organizations like the Confucius Institute and um, they just, China has done a very good job of, of leveraging our, our, our liberalities and our openness and our reliance on, on capital to, uh, to undermine the country, undermine our ability to protect ourselves. And not just us, but, but throughout the Belt and Road Initiative and in Europe as well. So um, yeah, their goal, they're, they're a big part of that. Um, there is a conflict of, of, of interests between the World Economic Forum and China as well. It's not, it's not simply one big happy family. China sees no reason why it should have to follow the dictates of a European aristocracy. Okay, mm -hmm. an inferior, quote unquote, outlier that uh, that uh, spent a century or two abusing China. Uh, why should they really coordinate and, and cooperate to the nth degree with the World Economic Forum? They're going to do it as long as it's in their interest. But I promise you, China has no interest in being led by the World Economic Forum. Now, China has every interest in what the World Economic Forum is doing to undermine our ability to produce and to feed ourselves and to, to lead the world. Um, so that part of it is, is, is in line with their goals. But following the dictates of the WEF, no. Uh, um, so is there an end game that these uh, climate change proponents have? Uh, you know, do they want to... Do they, are they in favor of democide? You know, you mentioned that, uh, that, you know, the price of food is going up, price of oil is going up. You know, some people have to make the decision. Do we, do we feed ourselves or do we heat our homes? Um, you know, some, some people will, will not be able to survive. Um, is it just simply control? They, they maybe believe in a very authoritarian type of government, a socialist or communist type of government. And that's, that's what they want to bring about. They want to control every aspect of our life. Some organizations want to tell us what to eat, uh, what kind of cars to drive, uh, how to heat our homes. They want to make every decision for us. So is there a, a real end game they have? It seems, it seems that there is, and I, I, don't have to, I don't have to think about it because I can just quote them. I mean, leaders such as Bill Gates, well, we have too many people. We need to have a population reduction. Prince Charles, now King Charles, said the same thing. And other policymakers, Yuval Harari, the number two guy over at the, uh, the World Economic Forum, has said there's too many people. We're gonna, one of our big problems with AI, once it, once it really gets established, which is happening fast, um, to quote him, I'm paraphrasing, but the gist was, what are we going to do with the, these excess billions of useless eaters, referring to the human being? Um, 
So there is a there is a a a current of of conversational traffic that that talks about reducing the population, population control, population reduction. That's across the board. Um, there's too many of us, and, and there's so we're hurting the earth again. So I think I think it's very uh, very nefarious to say the least. I think it's demonic. I think it's uh, I think it's definitely part of the plan. I mean, if you just do the numbers, uh, we're going to outlaw gas, gas cars in, in California, uh, the combustion engine, you know, in, in whatever, 2035 or whatever it might be. And everything's got to be run on uh, the, the grid, electric power. Well, just do the math there. How many, electric, how many people can drive electric cars without, before crashing the grid? Yeah. How many people can run electricity in their homes before crashing a grid that's getting smaller, not larger. So the missing factors are, well, we either, we either increase electricity or we either uh, do that or reduce the number of people using it. <laughs> I mean, so that's, that's, that is their calculation, not mine. I'm just putting, I'm just putting the pieces together, but uh, so yeah, there's definitely and, a population reduction plan. So, uh, you know, the other scary thing about having everything electrified is uh, it's a way for the government to control us. Uh, you you probably know much more about this than I do, but I, I've heard that in China, when there's protests in the summer, you know, a, a building is upset, their maintenance fees are going up or something, and uh, you know, a lot of people in that building protest, they turn off the air conditioning. Um, you know, so the same thing can happen here if... Uh, somebody hears our discussion you know we don't believe in climate change they could uh turn off our electricity we can't charge our cars because we have to buy electric cars uh you know we can't uh prepare food we can't keep our families warm um uh, you know that 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 could happen um we've already right. seen it look think about the truckers in in canada they froze their bank accounts and they froze the bank accounts of anyone who donated money to them and they froze the bank accounts of people who voice their support so that's already happening, and that's we're going to see more of that, not less. Um, and uh, the World Economic Forum came out just recently. I think it's ma making a statement such as, you know, people are going to have to have a, a central bank digital currency chip in them to participate in society. Uh, that's uh, recent in the last few days is what I've seen. Uh, I've had to kind of dig around for that statement. Um, it wasn't obvious, but it wasn't easily found, but um, people referenced it and provide links and so forth. But, um, you know, the, the whole digital currency move, which is, which is happening as we speak, um, will allow for that greater control. Um, and, you know, they're turning off gas ovens. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's so, it's so, uh, it's, it's so destructive, um, so widespread that there, there has to be, um, uh, a greater, a greater policy behind it, um, a greater goal, not great in the sense of wonderful, but great in the sense of just horribly powerful and, and um, destructive. So yeah, they, they have that power and they will continue to have that power and that power will extend when, once digital currencies um, become the law of the land. Yeah, um, that is true. I, I don't have all the quotes in front of me, but you know, I believe people from Greenpeace and these earth first movements you know, have said publicly that the goal is not really reducing so-called climate changes to use climate change as a tool to gain control over everything. Um, uh, Alexandra 
uh, Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, her uh, senior advisor, Chaka Barty, I think his name is, uh, you know, he said um, that the uh, new Green Deal is really not about climate change. It's about, you know, controlling controlling life. So, um, yeah, it gets very scary. And then you add in uh, all the health passports and the vaccination passports. You know, if you step out of line and there are these elitists that think anybody that doesn't agree with them is, you know, not intelligent, um, is a defective person and uh, is in need of correction or, or worse. Um, and so it becomes very easy to um, code your, your vaccination status red and you, you can't use the electrical grid. You can't use the banking system. You can't go to a store. You can't travel. Um, yeah, it definitely uh, gets very scary. Um, you know, just kind of one funny thing is, you know, a lot of uh, companies and businesses are subscribing to this climate change. You have bankers saying that uh, uh, people that buy homes in the coastal areas are going to be flooded in the next uh, three years, but then they extend 30-year mortgages on those uh, properties. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but anyway, we could go on and on. Are there any sort of concluding comments you'd like to make? Well, I would just say that um, there is hope, and this, this is going to sound parochial, but it, a lot of this stuff, you know, buying and selling, you have to have a chip in your hand, and uh, buying the big lie of, of worshiping the creation rather than um, than God who created it. Um, a, uh, the 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 widespread decimation of populations and famines and you know man is ruling the earth and mis mismanaging it terribly. Okay, and that's that's where we are. We're seeing, you know, think about it. If you go back to Nazi Germany and think about what, what they were able to do to a whole group of people that they decided didn't deserve to exist. And nobody stepped in until way too late, okay? That's gonna, you know, and, and the, the Israelis and the Jews say never again um, in my graduate studies. Well, that was an anomaly of, of, of international relations. We really don't have an explanation for that. But the fact is, is that we're looking at the manifestation of evil on a global scale. And that is, it's, the world is turning dark. We're looking at dark times. And that's what we are. That's what I see. And this whole, as you point out, it's, it's not about the, the ecology. It's not about um, saving the planet. It's about controlling the planet. And, the, and th that is going to happen at some point, probably sooner than later, because I don't see anyone stepping in to change it. Um, at least in this realm, I would I would reference some eschatological uh, uh, facts in, in in the Bible, but I would say that look, this is this is where we're headed, and ain't no one going to stop it on this planet. No, no president, no parliament, no one's going to step in and go, oh, you know what? Bill Gates isn't going to have a change of heart. Okay, Klaus Schwab is not going to have a change of heart um, or mind. Um, Xi Jinping is not going to have a change of heart. Uh, the European Union is not going to have a change of mind. They're all vying for power, and they know the only way to survive is to, is to capture as much of that power as possible. Um, the only exception is our country because we're run by idiots and people who are compromised. So. Well, and I think there is a possibility to change things. We definitely appreciate you um, spreading your knowledge and uh, talking to a lot of people and convincing them that uh, the elitists are not always right and uh, that uh, freedom and independent decision-making are important. And, 
you know, it's 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 innovators and independent thinkers that uh, don't just run around the world scaring everybody that the world's going to come to an end, but rather some of them see the world in a grain of sand. Take a I, grain of I sand would like to say it. that. I, I hope you're right. I just don't see. I mean, the innovators are being the, are the ones who are who are collaborating at this point, right? I mean, the innovators uh, with with uh, digital currencies, the innovators with so. I'm just saying that there, you know, things got a lot worse from 1938 on. It took years and years and years for them to get better. And I think you have to have a clear-eyed understanding um, that this is a very, as you point out earlier on, this is about, you know, there's a lot of coordination. There's a lot of control going on. And that's, that's still in play. So I yeah. think we have to be clear-eyed and have a, a sober assessment of things are developing, going the wrong direction. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, talking about it, getting the word out there is absolutely important. Yeah, well, we definitely appreciate you uh, doing everything you are doing. Um, appreciate you being on this program and uh, educating us. Um, you know, maybe just uh, a couple words about how people can interact with you. You have a marketing uh, agency. Uh, yeah. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you do uh, professionally for that. Sure. It's uh, it's uh, uh J-A-R-A-G-O media.com. And I help uh, businesses uh, elevate their brand technology, take complicated uh, value propositions and help people, you know, B2B and B2C. So help people communicate and whether it's a product launch or rebrand, uh, a campaign, um, that's what I do. And uh, I work for some of the biggest companies in the world, Raytheon and CrowdStrike and smart, uh, small startups. So Okay, so for our listeners in need of some uh, marketing assistance and branding and positioning and uh, making their visibility better known in their industries, uh, you can reach out to James Gorey and uh, his firm can, can possibly be of assistance. So James, thank you very much. Very much appreciate you speaking to us and uh, we hope to uh, talk to you soon again. My pleasure, David. Have a good day. Nice being here. Thanks.